Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. Mrs. Dale, thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the Gospel of Mark, and we're at the third chapter. Just account after account after account of what Jesus was doing. Are we paying attention? Are we watching? Are we asking the Lord? Are we asking the Holy Spirit to give us revelation into what Jesus was uh, communicating, not only to them, but to us also? Well, let's look at verse 7. It says this. Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples. Now, let me stop for a second. We've already seen this a couple of times. He'll go somewhere, he'll go into the town, then he'll go back uh, to the coastline. He'll go to the sea. He'll move along the beach, this kind of thing. So he goes back to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, and also from Judea. Now, uh, the last part of verse 7 here, and the bulk of verse 8, which I'm about to read, uh, give us geographical locations, which don't mean a whole lot to us because we don't live there. We're not quite sure where it is. <clears throat> Let me just put it this way. These folks came from a tremendous distance. Okay? Now, we're not talking thousands of miles. Okay? Uh, we are talking dozens of miles. <laughs> okay? Uh, hundreds? Hundred? Maybe? I don't know. But we're talking a long way uh, in the time where, uh, you know, you walked was your primary mode of uh, transportation. So listen to this. A great multitude came from Galilee, that's the northern part, and also from Judea, the southern part, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, that means on the east side of the Jordan, across the Jordan River, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard of all that he was doing and came to him. Now just think about this. The people were coming to Jesus. Why were they coming to Jesus? They were coming to Jesus because they heard what he was doing. They heard of him, and they heard of what he was doing, and they went to him. Think on that again now. How does that reflect on how we live individually? How does it reflect upon how we live as the body of Christ? And function as the body. Do people hear of what Jesus is doing and they come to him? Or is all that people see what we're trying to do in the name of Jesus to be attractive, to be relevant, to try to get people to, quote, come to church? You know, all these buzzwords that we use all the time. What is missing, folks? I just had this discussion with someone this morning, and people are beginning to see this. What is missing is that which Paul said when he came, he wrote back to the church of Carmen. He said, you know, when I came to you, I determined nothing more or less than to preach the gospel and to move within the power of God. It's the power of God. They're seeing the power of God, the power of Jesus, who is God. They heard all that he was doing, and they came to him. Why are people not, quote, coming to church, unquote? It's because there's no use in it, folks. There's no power of God. There's no transformation, okay? At best, they're trying to conform somebody into being what 
that particular gathering is. But we don't see the power of God. The Word of God is basically ignored. It's used as a pretext. I mean, it's the most grievous thing. You just week after week after week in churches. You can see uh, people stand up and use the Scripture as a pretext for what they want to say about something else. And they try to come across all suave and all brilliant and insightful. And people get all excited about what they, oh, that's just a great sermon. That was a great thing you said there, Pastor. Very pharisaical. I mean, it really, really is. Where is the power of God? Where is the body loving and functioning as it's supposed to be? Here, people had, they were fed up with their religion of the day, whether it's those from Galilee and Judea, the Jews, or those from Tyre and Sidon, the unbelievers, okay, the, the Gentiles. They heard of all that Jesus was doing, and they came to him. Tell you what, folks, we need to be doing what Jesus has told us to do, and we need to be doing individually what he has empowered and equipped us to do. Now, people say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know about this. I don't know about You seek the Lord. And let me tell you, more often than not, people don't want to seek the Lord. They just want, they want to be told what to do. And I think it really draws into question your, your salvation. You need to examine yourself to see if you be of the faith. If you're just trying this and trying that and doing all this kind of stuff and doing it all in the name of God and nothing's happening, blah, 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 and all this, you need to examine it. You know, to quit functioning within the flesh and seek the mind of the Lord and watch what he does. Now, let me continue verse 9. And Jesus told his disciples, that a boat should stand ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crowd him. There's so many people pressing in from all around that Jesus says, hey, have me a boat ready over here. Why were they pressing in? Why were they crowding in? Well, verse 10 tells us, for Jesus had healed many with the result that all those who had afflictions pressed around him in order to touch him. He had healed many, and people were hearing about this. So they came to him, and they were not waiting for him to touch them. <laughs> they were going in, and they were pressing in on him. They were touching him. See, folks, there's so many principles here. There's so many pictures here. We sit back, and we wait, and we want somebody to razzle-dazzle us with their insight and revelation into the Word of God or within their methodology of understanding things or with their oratorical abilities. We want to sit back, and we're nearly daring God to say anything to us and daring God to really impact us when we don't realize that the very afflictions that we have, if we pressed into him, we'd be touched by him. If we pressed into him. So the crowd is pressing in so much on him that Jesus is saying, hey, give me a boat right here to where I can get off where I can teach these folks. Verse 11 continues. Whenever the unclean spirit saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. And he, Jesus, earnestly warned them not to tell who he was. So we've seen that several times already. Uh, whenever Jesus had an encounter with a demon or a demon would scream out, he would tell them, No, do not reveal who I am. Why did he do that? He didn't need the demon's help to reveal who he was. Also, it wasn't time for it to be revealed who he was. You see that very clearly in the Gospels as you read through all that there was a timing involved in all this, and Jesus was doing what? He was doing what the Father told him to do, and he was saying what the Father had told him to say. He did not need the kingdom of darkness to pronounce anything or proclaim anything 
about him. Folks, I tell you, there's some serious things here for us to consider. Are we pressing in to the Lord? Okay. Are we pressing in the Lord? Are we, as the people were here, that they were hearing all that Jesus was doing and came to him? The Lord has chosen to work through his body. Okay, to work through his body. <clears throat> we would do well to allow him to do whatever he wants to do with us individually and within that corporate body, wherever we may be. Knowing that if we do, then people will be drawn to Jesus. They'll be drawn to him. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.